Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. So this is episode 30 of the podcast. Um, congratulations if you have listened to all 30. Um, mention that you have done so at your nearest um, coffee shop, and they will sell you a cup of coffee at regular price. That is uh, my guarantee. Um, something that I started doing on the 10th podcast and then also did on the 20th is responded to feedback from listeners to the podcast and readers to the website. So whether it be an email to uh, Matthew at castingacross.com or uh, a comment on one of the posts on Casting Across or any sort of chirp through of my social media channels, Facebook or uh, Twitter or um, Instagram, um, I've like to interact um, personally uh, in, in all of those mediums, but also um, be able to kind of speak a little bit more uh, to some of the feedback I've gotten in, uh, in this forum. And, uh, you know, I've been teaching for about 10, 15 years now, um, and every, every lesson, not every lesson, but virtually every lesson, I, I end by saying any questions, any comments, and I throw in any accusations in there. I think I got that from a um, professor in college. I can't remember who it was. So I can't give them credit, but um, no one has ever accused me of anything thus far. Um, but uh, hey, I'm I'm ready to be accused of misrepresenting fly fishing or something like that. So write in if you have any accusations um, or questions or comments. But the first thing I want to touch on is actually uh, one of the articles that I got the most feedback from, and it wasn't even an article. So uh, back in boy, when was it? It might have been just earlier last month. I put a new page on the website. So I I think Casting Across kind of tries to straddle the, the line between being a blog and being a website. And I know that, you know, all blogs are websites, but not all websites are blogs or whatever that little, um, you know, logic exercise is. But I, I write about stuff, you know, but I do so kind of in a narrative fashion. So I write about um, you know, products. I write about brands. I write about personalities. I write about people. I write about history. But I try to do so kind of in this narrative of my interaction with it, or maybe even your interaction, the cultural interaction with it at large. So there's certainly some kind of resource elements to casting across, but there's also some very personal elements to it. And so I, I, I try to straddle that. I, it's, I think it's more interesting than you just hearing, you know, hey, I went fishing today. Here's some pictures of me going fishing. There's some people that do that. I just that that's not how I want to write. 
Um, similarly, it's not uh, you know lists of you know here's the ten best flies. And, yeah, I'd rather give three flies with my attempts at witty commentary. But there's those are posts. What I put up three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, are posts, and then pages are kind of more of the static elements in the website. So there's a page with all of my podcast listings. There's a page with you know who I am, um, things like that. There's also a new page called Small Stream Fly Rods. And you'll see if you go to castingcross.com on the right-hand side, um, and it's a, a picture of me releasing an enormous brook trout, and it says small stream fly rod reviews. Um, but what I wanted to do is uh, kind of catalog some of the fly rods that I have really enjoyed using on small streams. Um, and and the, the first four that are on there, and then a sneak peek of number, sneak peek of number five are um, in ascending order, um, Cost-wise, the, the first is the St. Croix Mojo Trout, which I believe is kind of a spiritual successor to the Avid, which was my first small stream trout rod, and I loved it. Um, so there's the, the Mojo Trout. And then is the uh, Reddington Butterstick, which is a great um, kind of entry-level uh, fiberglass rod because it's not as soft as a lot of the fiberglass that's out there. I know there's a lot of quick, responsive fiberglass, but at this price point, it's a really good entry-level rod, um, but it's and totally serviceable also. Then um, the Douglas Upstream, which is a spectacular fly rod. The I, I fish the eight foot two weight. For small streams where you don't have a lot of canopy, this is a great fly rod. Very, very uh, moderate action graphite, but incredibly light and incredibly responsive. Um, real pleasure to fish. Uh, very, very unique too. And then the uh, the fourth one is the Sage Dart. And this rod, you know, it has a premium price point on it, uh, but it fishes like just a miniaturized normal trout rod. So casting the, um, the seven and a half foot zero weight, it felt like I was just casting a very light five weight. I can't even describe it, but this would be the fly rod I would use if I lived on a big spring creek out west where I needed a lot of delicate presentations and I could just cast to my heart's content. It's a casting tool. You know, sometimes, you know, small stream fly fishing, you're, you're doing a lot of um, um, little flick casts and little bow and arrow casts and things like that. And so the fly rod isn't so much a casting tool as a tool to get your fly where it needs to go. The sage dart is a casting tool through and through. Um, and then the fifth rod that's not even on there yet is the Risen Fly Genesis. And now, not a lot of folks know about Risen Fly, but you should. Um, they're selling the same products, essentially, as a lot of under, other manufacturers that are importing, but they're doing so at a very, very low cost. And the Genesis 7.5 foot 3 weight is an absolute steal at $95. I just uh, took the plastic off the cork earlier in the week for a fly casting event. Uh, that I did a little mini casting instruction thing and folks that had never cast a flyer before and folks that have fly fish quite a bit both Commented that they really enjoyed uh, How smooth the three it was I I'm really blown away by it And I'm excited about getting it out on the stream and then putting it up on this page all that to say is that I um, push this page out in a post and ask people to say well What is your favorite um, small stream fly rod and I got a lot of responses and um, so that's kind of what I wanted to, to you know, comment on is some of the things that uh, people mentioned. The first thing, which is really kind of cool, is I had a couple people that mentioned the uh, Cabela's Three Forks. Now, if you were like me and you flip through the Cabela's catalog every time you got a new one, the Three Forks was, I think, the second to last fly rod 
in the Cabela's series of rods. So Cabela's, you know, always had their high-end rod, which was nothing, you know, crazy out, out of the park price-wise, like 400 bucks, something like that. Then they had two or three other series. And they had a bottom-of-the-line um, rod, which was some sort of um, graphite composite. But the three forks was one step above that, and if I can recall correctly, it retailed for maybe a hundred bucks, maybe eighty nine, maybe one nineteen, something like that. But a lot of people that um, I know started off fishing with this rod really enjoyed it, and a lot of people said that they used the seven and a half footer um, as kind of their entry level brook trout rod, and they ended up using it for a long time. So the Cabela's three forks was a cool rod. Um, the uh, other ones that are mentioned, Fenwick glass, people use those. I've got three antique Fenwick glasses. I know that they're making them again. I have not fished one of the new ones, but the old ones, I have a five and a half foot or five foot five inch five weight. Um, pretty cool little rod. Not great for casting, but great for just getting your fly up to the next plunge pool. Um, a lot of people talk about fiberglass. Now, here's my fiberglass caveat, and I think I said this in the podcast about small stream rods. You know, a slow fiberglass rod is a lot of fun to catch fish on, to pull fish in and have it bend over. And, you know, especially if you're catching those small six, eight-inch brookies, it'll, it'll get that bend in it, and that's really cool. And, you know, nothing wrong with that. My only concern with a rod that is too slow um, is that you're not going to be able to get the accuracy in the back cast that you want when fishing in small streams. So I think I've explained that before, but just, just, I think this is really important for people to understand, you know, when you're casting a small mountain stream and you have canopy, your back cast is going to be what is obstructed way more than your forward cast. Um, so having a little bit stiffer rod allows you to control the trajectory of your back cast. If you can throw a tighter loop and then make your forward cast and it still um, be uh, you know soft enough to not spook away fish. So that's my only caveat with glass, and you can even say uh, cane and softer graphite. It's just to be kind of aware that you might run into some issues if you're throwing wider loops. doesn't mean you can't modify your casting stroke with a softer rod to accommodate and throw that tighter loop, or even just you know ch change your casting stroke up completely so you have a real low profile either to the side or behind you in low cast. But for me, I just I really want to focus on what's in front of me and um, know that I can turn over a quick, tight loop um, behind me. So again, nothing against fiberglass rods. And again, I know they're making a lot of faster fiberglass rods these days, but that's just the, you can't broad brush fiberglass and say, yes, they're all great because they bend over and you can feel, you know, eight inch brook trout. You need to be aware that some of them might not be best suited for the environment that you're in. Um, let's see. The uh, other great piece of feedback I got um, from uh, Mark Whitman. Um, Mark's a great guy. Uh, he, his website is fishingsmallstreams.blogspot.com, and uh, Mark is another uh, Massachusetts guy. Um, he mentioned that I should put in how many pieces are in, are in these rods in my reviews. I've yet to get around to that, but I uh, definitely should do that just because um, and a lot of guys do like to go backpacking. Uh, I know that I take my four-piece um, rods and my six-piece rods a lot more than I take my two-piece rods. And you think for a small stream fly fishing, like this is a seven-foot rod or maybe a six-and-a-half-foot rod, two pieces is, is nothing. Well, it's nothing in the back of your car, but it's, a, it's something when it's strapped on the back of your pack. So that's definitely um, some, some good uh, critique or even accusation, if you will. Um, so uh, with fiberglass, we got Blue Halo, um, a brand called Canaan Silk, 
um, Echo River Glass, um, and uh, uh, a couple another another one with Echo. A couple people like the Echo and the the uh, six foot nine inch three weight. I had a couple people that uh, that um, recommended that rod. Um, so again, you see the, a kind of a split. I mean, that's kind of cool. It was 2019, and I know that um, fiberglass has seen quite the resurgence. But it's at the point now where um, the feedback I've gotten here, and then um, back in uh, you know a couple other articles I've written, fiberglass has really become a about a, a equal market share as far as a go-to, particularly for guys fishing smaller water. So, is there a small stream fly rod that you love, whether it be glass or graphite or cane? Whether you made it or um, whether you uh, you know you bought it off the rack at a big box store, let me know what it is. I think it's really cool to hear what people are fishing and uh, why they're fishing it, the experiences they've had, and even how they they got the rod. So uh, definitely uh, shoot me a, a, an email at matthewcastingcross.com or DM me through one of my channels and let me know. The next uh, thing I wanted to respond to was uh, a lot of the feedback that I got from an article I posted just a few weeks ago called Three Things to Leave and Three Things to Take. Um, and, and this was just really a exercise in minimalism, like what kind of stuff are you taking on the stream that you just don't need on the stream? What kind of things do you have in your person that you could probably put in a compartment on your boat somewhere? Um, and, and not like, you know, taking one spool of tippet off of your, uh, you know, your, your tippet ring is going to, by tippet ring, I don't mean the tiny little, little tippet ring in your, 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 uh, your leader, but the, you know, the ring where all your spools tippet are. Um, that's not going to like make you super lightweight and make you a more agile fly fisher and all those things, but it, it, it speaks to how much stuff you're carrying with you. And, uh, so kind of just exploring that. And I had some really good, uh, feedback of, uh, on that. So, um, I want you, if you want to know what, what I said, the three things I think you should leave and three things you should bring, you should go read that at the website. But, um, Mark and Mark is with, uh, tie right. Um, the little tool, which I love it because my boys can tie their own, uh, knots, um, using the tie right, um, a four-year-old tying a knot using, um, a little tool, you know, it's worth its weight in gold. And so he says, definitely take the tie right with you, but then he adds a sharp line cutter. I think that's key. Um, I, I have a crazy expensive pair of nippers. I'm sure you've seen them. I don't like the, the attention to detail you have to use when, when using, um, cheap nippers. Um, or uh, cheap uh, um, clamps uh, because you spend, I th I f it feels like to me, an inordinate amount of time lining things up, and especially if it's thicker or braided or, or fluorocarbon, um, you know, especially like the butt section of something, you really have to torque down on it. So if you have something sharp and you can just go through it like butter, you can make those precise cuts um, and everyone's happy. Um, he also says bug spray. That's huge. Uh, I can remember a day on um, the Batten Kill in Vermont, and it was great. There was fish coming up everywhere. Well, they were coming up everywhere because there was bugs everywhere, and it wasn't just the aquatic insects that were coming off, but the mosquitoes were off. And I, it's the only time I can remember in my life where I've stopped fishing because the bugs were so bad, and I didn't have a um, a can of bug spray or anything with me. So that's I think even if you you have the tiny travel size. Having that on your person um, for a situation like that, or even a situation where they're a mild nuisance, is is definitely definitely wise. Um, I had some other people write in about uh, just the the all the different things that they carry and, and how small it, it is. Um, 
somebody said to not even carry fly boxes. Um, there's another article on the website um, just about how few flies you actually need. And I would say for most people, it is totally unnecessary to carry fly boxes. You know, just throw a handful on um, whatever uh, device you use to, to dry your flies, whether it be a fly patch on your vest or um, a little uh, clip on your hat. Or I use um, the uh, the fly traps. You know, there's more than enough if you're going out just for the day and you know exactly what flies you're going to be using. Again, small streams, spring creeks. If you're just a guy who's going to definitely fish streamers, if you know there's a hatch going on, throw those other things, tools, flies, whatever, in your car and bring the things you know you need on the stream that chances are you're going to use on the stream. Bring those things uh, with you, and uh, you won't uh, you won't be at a loss for um, for for things that you actually need. So, kind of want to wrap up that portion relatively quickly and switch over to the uh, what appeared on castingacross.com this week. Two articles. Uh, the first one uh, is on Father's Day gift guide. So, this is uh, released the week, two weeks before Father's Day, and and what I want you to know is that these are not man-only gifts. They're not Father's Day-only gifts. They're just things that I've been using recently that I enjoy that uh, I think that you would you would appreciate. So the first one, and kind of the, the headline uh, gift that I think is wicked cool, is the Reddington ID Reel. So I love Reddington Reels. I've fished the Zero. i fished the Behemoth. Um, I've played around with the Grande. Very inexpensive and very high-performing. Um, are they the same as your $500, um, uh, you know, uh, machined reels? No. But are they worth every penny of... of 80, 90, 100 dollars, absolutely. Rock solid drags, pretty durable. Drop mine on the rocks, never had any problems. I'm pretty careful with my gear, but the, the times I have bumped them, it hasn't thrown them off of uh, center or made them um, hard to screw onto the reel seat or anything like that. That sometimes you get with cast reels. So the ID is a cast reel. One side of it is totally flat, and it's meant to accept a sticker. Some people might be rolling their eyes already with that. Well, you know, if that's not your thing great, fine, whatever. But um, I love it because I had my boys, my four-year-old and my seven-year-old, um, I gave them little templates and I said, hey, color some fish stuff. And they went to town. I got little drawings of schools of fish. I got a brook trout skin. I got a rainbow trout skin. I got a shark. And all I did was use some sort of adhesive uh, paper that's UV safe and cut them out and stick them on there. And now I have a customized reel um, with my child's artwork on it. This would be an awesome gift for the dad, grandpa, uncle, whoever um, in your life to, to print that off, um, stick it on there, give it to them. They can take their, their, their child or child in their life's artwork out on the stream on a very functional reel. I'm relatively inexpensive. The whole thing you can do for under 10 bucks, I would say. So um, check out the, the specs for those templates on Casting Across's Father's Day gift guide. Um, real quick, the other products, the Angler's Pint um, from Karen Talbot. Um, these are awesome. Orvis is carrying them. L.L. Bean's carrying them. You go to our website. There's about a dozen fish species. They're big, solid glasses that take a full 16-ounce can, which is important these days. Um, leather Patch Hats from um, Mana Fly Fishing. This is a Rhode Island company, and they source their stuff um, relatively locally from like a regional perspective. Really cool, distinctive colorways. I have a hat that um, you've probably seen if you, you follow me on social media that I've worn um, 
on and off. It's uh, navy blue and dark red, which is really cool. But then they also have these leather patches right in the front. So there's a billion hats out there. So finding something different and, and unique is a little bit of a challenge. But these hats from Mana are, are pretty cool. Um, furled Leaders from Appalachian Furled Leader Company. You know, if, if you know that you have somebody in your life who fishes um, small streams, fishes um, Euronymphing, uh, you know, with a cider, these are definitely worth checking out. And right now there's packages for like 25 bucks. You can get a couple liters and uh, some liter grease. And then the Rogue Quick Draw Mitten Clamps. I put these in the recommendation from a kind of a previous episode. Just really solid clamps that have the carabiner attached to them. So you can just snap it on and snap it off crazy fast um, and for me that's worth paying a few extra bucks and lastly the waiter fly wallet from VitaVu. Um, VitaVu has updated all their fly wallets and is now using the um, the, the the loop side uh, velcro which holds flies very well and this little waiter pocket it's built so that it can like go on a waiter strap so you don't even need it inside of anything so all about minimalism I love um, fly wallets because they're not rigid like a fly box so if you ever crammed a fly box in a pair of jeans like in your pocket or um, like cargo shorts which I mean I think fly fishing is still a appropriate time and place to use cargo shorts or cargo pants for that matter um, but anyway you, you put a fly box in a, a pants pocket or in a waiter pocket or in the internal pocket of a vest or a sling pack and it's rigid up against you you know, as long as you're not fishing stuff with delicate hackles, you throw those things in a, a, um, a fly wallet and you can put it anywhere and it's going to, you know, not be rigid. So uh, VitaVoos um, are awesome. There's spots for split shot and for uh, strike indicators and for extra leaders in them as well. So that was, that was Monday's article, a little bit more in depth on that. And then uh, Wednesday's article was called Six Ways to Approach Teaching Fly Casting. Um, you know, fly fishing isn't fly casting, but at the same time, your success will dramatically improve if you know how to get your fly where you want to get it. So uh, I found that I want people to cast before they fish if we're going to go fishing for some prolonged period of time. Otherwise, I feel like people can get frustrated. So this article is just some ways to think about kind of how to introduce fly casting to somebody and ways that you might need to prepare as an already accomplished angler and fly caster, how you might need to prepare to, uh, to, to cast, uh, not just cast, but to do casting instruction. Today's recommendation is Trident Fly Fishing's YouTube channel. Trident Fly Fishing is a fly shop in uh, outside of Portland, Maine, but they have a strong online presence, and they have a YouTube channel where they do some of the best reviews of products out there. They're very practical, straightforward. They have comparisons. So, you know, Rod X is a little bit softer than Rod Y. We love Rod A because it can do um, this certain type of presentation in these conditions. Rod B does that slightly differently, but, you know, you you, you still get the advantages of, of you know, you, you see what I'm saying. They do it with fly rods. Um, they've started doing them more with reels. But it's a great way to kind of get some preliminary information before you go to a shop and cast. Um, and, you know, they have, again, a very robust uh, store, so you're able to pick up the things that they are um, making videos about. And uh, it, it's just a great resource, definitely worth checking out. So Trident Fly Fishing, you just put that in, uh, in the YouTube search, and you will find them, and you'll, uh, I think you'll, you'll appreciate the kind of stuff that they're put out content-wise. 
Thanks for listening to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. Please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast on iTunes. Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish. In Wild Country, rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. If you haven't already, download the free Waypoint TV app to listen to our podcast and watch the original films from HuntStand Presents anywhere, anytime, and on any device.